0: What up? What up? What up? San Antonio, Abilene, people up in Tyler, people up in the Mile High City in Denver, Colorado, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down Laredo. You are tuned in here to the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, and spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose And we are broadcasting here From the Maestro De Bell Tequila Studios 877-37GRIND You know the rules If you know what you want to talk about It is open phone lines as always The only thing we ask you to do Is to call during the breaks And be patient during the long segments and breaks And we'll get to the phone calls accordingly Also if you need to reach out to me Or follow me on X slash Twitter uh, You can do that at Sports Grind And if you want to stream the show live And leave comments I'll read those on air And respond to those in real time or I'll respond to those later You can go to the business Facebook page Of Sports Grind Entertainment And you can go to my personal page as well too And like I said you can leave comments I'll read those on air Respond to them later And also if you ever uh, miss any of the shows live Or you're in a market that doesn't carry Terrestrial radio wise Or or you are having technical difficulties listening to us through your other means, how you can consume us, don't forget about sportsgrindonline.com where you can click the play button, you can listen live, and we will appear there for you. 877-37-GRIND. What's up, Mr. Clark? You ready? Yes, sir. Ready rock and roll. All right, so um, let's get it going. It is hump day. definitely feels like a hump day to me, but it is Wednesday. Uh, we definitely got things shaken out. Uh, definitely got some more NFL news shaken out from the combine. You know, this is why I kind of set y'all up last week, Thursday or Friday, about hey the coaches, the general managers show up. You know, there's going to be their first pressers they've done since the end of their since their season ended. Uh, so this is the time where you know the juicy stuff starts flowing. Uh, so we'll definitely get into that. Definitely some moves, some tags, some cuts. We'll get into with the National Football League here shortly. Um, also we've got um march madness continuing to roll on uh had an upset last night uh number seven kansas fell to byu seventy six to sixty eight uh, first of all, this snapped a 19-game home winning streak for Kansas. And also, I think I saw somewhere, swear, if I'm not mistaken, like this is the first time like in 33 or 38 home games, something like that, that they've had a lead at halftime and end up losing. Uh, big win for BYU. You know, what I noticed last night, you know, I, I had my eye on a f- quite a few games last night in college basketball. Um, like some of these bottom feeder teams And I'm not trying to say BYU's a bottom feeder team They're not ranked But they've been very competitive uh, You know, coming over here into the Big 12 uh, For the first season in action um, You know, last night what I observed is When I say bottom feeder Just these teams that are You know, I don't want to use the cliche on the bubble But the teams that know they've got to make some noise um, They didn't go quietly last night um, They had some competitive games Some teams that probably shouldn't have stuck around As long as they did uh, Had a monster one in the Mountain West uh, between Colorado State and Nevada. Uh, you know, Nevada was able to hit a um, half-court shot at the buzzer to give Colorado State buzzer booty. Um, you know, so Nevada is one of the The Mountain West has some good action um, in regards to excitement and the way they play. Uh, you know, and you look at the run San Diego State had last year. Uh, that really helped that conference uh, You know, not saying put it on the map I mean, people's known about Mountain West Basketball and football But it was a good showing for San Diego State And they're not as good as they were last year uh, But that was an exciting game last night With Nevada and Colorado State uh, Also last night, you had Texas uh, putting a um, Hurt, and I don't even think The score was as close as it indicated But they beat Texas Tech 81-69 uh, to 69. Um, and the one thing I take away from that particular game is Texas Tech fans and student body um, you know this game was delayed with throwing stuff on the court um you need to let it go because because what the, what I mean by this is what I feel like this stems from is still the resentment um, from losing you know their but you know, Their head coach, their former head coach, Chris Beard, Beard, um, that left Texas Tech to go to UT. And we know the story. We know Chris Beard is no longer there, but um, let it go. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, it was ridiculous. Uh, You know, Texas Tech coach had to get on the mic to try to tell him no. I mean, this is coming off the controversy about what the Division I college and conference is going to do about court storming. Uh, But just of. an embarrassing display uh, for the Texas Tech Raiders, in my opinion. And and I just still think it is, you know, it stems from this whole, you know, because Texas Tech has had, you know, I, I know people that's graduated from Tech, um, you know, and, and kind of what that culture is like uh, for the most part up there. It doesn't really change too much. But, you know, I think that, you know, Texas Tech has always had a, you know, complex about, you know, playing third fiddle. Uh, to the University of Texas, Uh, you know, and I get it, you know, because anytime they can beat Texas in anything, it's exciting. But, you know, because to me, I don't think if you have the, um, you know, the situation where they lose their coach, Chris Beard, to – Texas. I don't know yesterday if that happens. It, it's been a hostile tension situation ever since those two programs have met uh, since Chris Beard left them. Uh, so you had that going on. Number sixteen, Kentucky got a solid uh, win. I let you know yesterday this was. I figured this was an important game um, as we look into seating and get, before we head into conference tournament play. Uh, but they were able to get a win on the road, ninety-one to eighty-nine over Mississippi State. They actually rallied in the second half. They were down at halftime in that game, so they were over. They were able to be victorious uh number one newly number one houston uh in the country university of houston they held off the bearcat cincinnati in the second half to for 67 to 59 uh victory um i've said this a couple times and i'll keep saying it um you know houston a lot of people is gonna have houston um you know in their in their brackets maybe at a final you know final four elite eight and i've got a you know I've said this on Monday. I've got a big respect for what Coach Sampson's done, but I'm still not kind of sold on them being a true contender. I wouldn't be surprised um, if they did get upset. Now, their light's out defensively, but their problem is they just go through these lulls where there's challenge and scoring and sometimes. But, hey, as long as you play solid defense for two halves or you play defense in any sport, uh, it's going when you have facing an opponent on the other end, you're going to stay in the fight and stay in the ball game. But uh, they were able to hold off uh, the Cincinnati Bearcats Last night as well too, uh, NBA action: um, the Spurs fall to the T Wolves uh, one fourteen to one oh five. Um, I'll get some thoughts to that if we get to that when we circle back. Um, also, the Bucks steamroll the Hornets last night uh, one twenty three to eighty five. And let me tell you something: I don't care who you're playing. I mean, I told you the Hornets have been playing better of late. Um, they're just not on that level of the Bucks or what the Bucks are supposed to be. Uh, but a lot of talk prior to. Getting there was about their defense That was the excuse that was used to fire Coach Griffin And uh, I told you the other Yesterday that they've come out swinging since the All-Star break Uh, but where I'm going to Tip my hat to and didn't see This game really in in Entirety but in this day and age In the NBA I don't care if it's the Hornets I don't care if it's the Spurs I don't care if it's Detroit you hold a team To 85 points and I Know there's some bad teams in the NBA If you hold a team to 85 points In this day and time Um, you played a good defensive game. That's pretty impressive, in my opinion, to me. The Hornets had 26 at halftime. I mean, they are not that bad. I mean, you know, people will look at that. People will yeah, look at 10 point yeah, quarter in the second quarter. It's crazy, man, when the, when we're talking about a combined 40 and 50 quarters that come random. I just feel like, you know, people will look at that and they'll look at the score and they'll look at the Hornets record and they'll just assume, like, man, the Hornets are a bad basketball team, which right now they are. They're to the studs. They're rebuilding as well. But they've been playing late. You know, they're over double-digit wins. Um, but this is more about, I think, you know, two things. I mean, yes. You know, the Bucks are supposed to beat them, but I think, you know, when you hold a team to that, and, and I'm not saying that I'm gonna hold the Bucs to a standard where they've got to hold teams at a ninety, because no one's really doing that, especially in the regular season. Now you might see that come playoff teams, because I'm gonna stand by. We can go through this era where there's no defense really being played in the regular season. But when you get to the postseason, whoever's gonna play the best defensive Eastern Conference or Western Conference is gonna find themselves very deep in the playoffs and probably hosting the Larry O'Brien trophy. But The deal is, when you hold a team to that many points, then what that lets me know, even if it's on a given night, that whatever message that Doc or any coach at that particular day and that time – uh, on the defensive end Of what they needed to do For opponent Everybody was on point Everybody was paying attention To detail Because first of all You can have some good Defensive teams I mean Boston uh, Is a uh, well coached Defensive team The New York Knicks Are a defensive team You you can have these Upper echelon Defensive teams You know Play good defense But the state Of the NBA right now um, You know And I'm just going to use The word the attention span The attention span Of most of these teams In NBA They're just not there For quarters In the regular season. And I don't care if you're a top three seed. I don't care if you're in a play in situation, the eighth seed, or the 12th seed. It's just. It, 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 and I, don't, I hate to keep beating A dead horse but it's it's about the money It's about the attitude and the culture And really the main word To focus on it's the security Of most 90% of these players In the National Basketball Association Is the reason why you have this type Of you know fluctuation In regards we're talking about combined Points in a quarter when I keep saying that hey A team you, there's not too many teams That want to respond from giving up a 15-0 Run they just melt it in into the next night To the next city uh, so hats off to Milwaukee. Uh, when I see any team come across my radar that holds a team in their 80s, and to in 2024, what do you got? Um, that's the second. No, not that's the third time this season that the Bucks have held the the Hornets under um, 100 points, and I think even under 90 points. Uh, that beat down though, it's it's, it's going to be top of mind for the Hornets because they play to get they play again tomorrow night. This time over in Charlotte. Okay. And they're going to host the Bucks. So. Would you look at and, and and it doesn't have to be from a from a, a a point spread standpoint, but the Hornets have got to come out with some kind of. Uh, we need to fight for our respect in this one, right? I mean, look, they have a young guy which I think is coming of age, and he's getting hot at the right time. Of course, he's going to be overshadowed by Wimby and the fake rookie Chet. Uh, but the reality is Brandon Miller is starting to get comfortable. He's, he's probably the best kept secret right now in the NBA because the team is bad. Um, you know, I don't know, Jonas, it, it, like it kind of if I agree with that or, or saying like, yeah, sure. It kind of contradicts what I believe right now in the NBA. I don't know. I mean, Charlotte's a bad team. The Bucks are supposed to beat up on them. And I didn't know that stat when you said they've held them a few times down 100 one time on a night. I just feel that, you know, you would think at home and definitely with a bad team like that, they're going to play better at home than they do on the road. Uh, we'll see. Uh, you know, we'll see. It wouldn't shock me at all if, you know, tomorrow's game is a little bit more, comp, you know, competitive than today. Uh, you know, I'm just, you know, I told y'all that, you know, with Doc coming in in Milwaukee, I was going to have my eye on them either way. I mean, because at the end of the day, when you make that change um, and Doc's got veteran leadership and, you know, he's got his, he's getting these jobs, he's got the resume, and he arguably has the top two player in the in the National Basketball Association. Um, you, you're expected to hit the ground running and make a deep run this this year. Period. Because everything they've done now, do they have to win it all in year one? I even though it depends on where they go out. You know, I'll assess the situation and if it, and if it, you know, if it's fitting to kind of, you know, give them the business, uh, then yeah. But I, me personally, I'm not going to really hold them to the standard where they've got to win a championship. Now next year, when Docs had a you know off season or a training camp and you got a second year with Dame Lillard and we'll see what they do in free agency or draft, then yeah. Then it then it, it is championship or bust. I do believe though, you know, it's rightful to say that it should be the minimum. Of the Eastern, if they don't make it to the Eastern Conference Finals this year, then yeah, it, it's it's going to be it's going to be something to look at and be criticized. But I I think Doc knows this is his last shot. I mean, I think he knows that. Mm. I think he's fortunate to get this opportunity as soon as he did. <clears throat> but for the most part, coming off the break, and who knows? You know, for the guys that didn't participate in All Star Weekend for the Bucks, Doc, this could have been some downtime for a week for Doc to get more involved with them. And you know, looking at this is what I'm trying to do. This is what we want to do. Well, and they've came Out the gate, uh, swinging. He was coaching the Western Conference, that's so he was, true. He was out there yeah, that well, weekend. can't give that through. Somebody got to him. Uh, I don't know if his assistants were behind or he took them with him, but it just feels like, you know, they're understanding a little bit more what he wants to do defensively. And I've never questioned Doc's team's effort defensively. I've only questioned them their mental toughness mindset and their offensive schemes sometimes. Does he know the right places to put guys offensively and run consistent offense? That's the problem, uh, you know, with Doc, in my opinion, over the years of recent years. Uh, also, uh, we'll take a look at uh, tonight's schedule as well, too. We circle back to the NBA. Chris Paul uh, came back yesterday. Uh, Golden State was able to defeat the Wizards one twenty-three to one twelve. Uh, Clay had another game where he had over twenty. You know he's very responded positively going to the bench. I think he was kind of a little bit embarrassed, and I think he's used that because when you are as accomplished as Clay Thompson, and you made all that money, and you're arguably going to go down as one of the top five shooters in NBA history, um, and you set three point records, and you got four titles. You I mean, you need something. There's sometimes here and there that you need something to motivate you. You need something, especially in his situation where his skills have diminished and nothing to do with his fault. It has just to do that. He just suffered two catastrophic injuries that missed two years of professional basketball. Um, And he's never going to get back all the way to where Clay was. But I think in what they compete for, and if you listen to some of their players, they believe that they've got a shot. They, They look at themselves as still being a title contender. I don't, you know, I don't know. Um, I, I don't see that quite yet, but I definitely see them as being a tough out. Eight seven seven three seven grind. But we will start with the National Football League as the combine continues, uh, to get ready. Most of all the quarterbacks have showed up, uh, today. Uh, and actually, most have been there yesterday, but everybody's there today. Um, and one thing, just, uh, you know, just the thing I noticed I was hearing on NFL and didn't even realize they made this change. Uh, but you know, um, the bench press that they have these guys do uh, usually comes after or before the workouts and stuff. And this year, the NFL, for whatever reason, they switched up, saying, "Hey, we're gonna have these guys work out where they're throwing and doing whatever, you know, forties and what, and then we're gonna go to the bench." So that's a little, you know, fun fact that they changed up a little bit. But um, look, you know, the big thing, and, and we'll start with a lot of because really, what's going on right now is really what you get from general managers, uh, VPs, and coaches. Excuse me. Um, You know, they really start working out tomorrow, and then it's going to go into the weekend. So by the time we come in here Monday, you know, it'll be more about, oh, this guy had a good 40 time, and this dude blazed there. So we'll get now it's just more about what is the pulse of your particular team that you have interest in. And right now – We'll start with uh, the Dallas Cowboys uh, because, you know, anytime Jerry or Stephen speaks, you know, whether you hate the Cowboys or not or could give a rat's ass about the Cowboys, it's going to make news in the National Football League uh, because that's just what it is. But I want to get into Stephen, you know, Jones. He addressed uh, Dak situation and he addressed the culture uh, question as well, too, down there at the NFL Combine. Also, Sean Payton um george i want to get more of what george got a chance to meet the media russ found out yesterday after the show russ releases a hype video and i've got my thoughts on that and really what this is about you listen to the sports grind today's show is being presented by doseki's get a dose we are broadcasting here from the maestro de bell tequila studios calvin casey jonas clark produces been in the one and twos we'll be back All right, back here on the sports grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing. It's been in the one and twos, broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. 877 37 Grind is your number to participate. Um, as we roll on, so yes, yeah, so let's start with uh, Stephen Jones, um, who met with the media, uh, or you could say he got bum rushed by the media, probably walking out of a room or somewhere because it, it wasn't like a normal press conference setting. Uh, But that's how they do things uh, down in Dallas. Um, But he was asked, first off, he addressed the Dak situation. um, And he just said, hey, look, you know, uh, he said Dak is a great leader in this building. Uh, He said, you know, he's won a lot of games. You know, he goes, guys respond to him. He goes, I understand, you know, we haven't got over the hump, as he said. He said that a couple of times, and I paraphrase him. Uh, But he said, yeah. He goes, uh, we'll be talking about we plan on you know, working something out and extending them. So he pretty much shot a bullet down. And I think, you know, if you're a Dallas fan and you really thought that because of the performance against the Packers and the, you know, wild card situation, if you really believe that that was going to be enough to just wash your hands of Dak Prescott, uh, then you're delusional. Uh, Because I've always said, it's like, look, you know, Yes. Some of the same scouting reports that were talked about Dak this time around this time of the year, years ago, before he came out of Mississippi State uh, about the deep ball accuracy problem. He still has for the most part. Um, and I believe that's on development and coaching. But I think that's something that, you know, some guys, even at this level, if you're not that accurate, in the deep ball. And you've been in the league this long as Dak has, you're probably never going to be, to be honest with you. Uh, it's probably too late. I mean, never too late for anything, uh, but uh, that's just reality. Uh, the other point is, I think in the situation, which I've talked about this before with the Dallas Cowboys, every time, you know, whether it's a bad performance in September, October, or the big ones in December, and in January in the playoffs when they go home, and this whole question of Dak Prescott and why are we paying him this, and he's never going to win. I, Always say, who are the options? Okay, and it's not just Dallas, man. There's a lot of team what you're what I'm coming to even accept and learn. And and, and, and again, I always tell you how long I've been paying attention to National Football League is the fact that and I think the reason why it's more magnified now, again, because you have more fans that can voice their opinion. You got more media that has grown from just people got podcasts, platform and social media. And it's a 24 seven news cycle. But the problem is, is that, you know, we're in this period to where the fan base and sometimes some other gms and scout they feel the pressure because they look at what's around them and then they look at it, it's like oh you know what we and it, sometimes in my opinion it clouds their judgment the fact that what you might have in your building already is really a better ap- option to where your franchise is at money wise team personnel wise and coach wise is probably the best option in anything out there okay um and I know, you know, Stephen Jones is up there answering this question. And it is a question because Dak did the last contract purposely to give his chance to really cash in two big ones because it wasn't really a long-term deal. And I remember Jerry wanted longer than what Dak, you know, got. Um, and it's one of those situations where we're already up there again. And some of the rumors out there is the $60 million range is what Dak and them could be looking for. Um now, I will tell you this, if I'm Jerry, um, I can't do that. And, and and you know, um, I've got to keep Dak, you know, in that 50 range. OK, and I've really got to sell him on the fact of do you want to try to get over the hump or not? Uh, Because there's other needs that we might need in regards to another receiver, big name receiver. Um, I've been telling y'all for the last year and a half or two, the weakness of Dallas, even through Dan Quinn, and it's going to be like that again, maybe even this year, depending on what they if they can address it in the draft, they got some picks or whatever, uh, don't have a lot of money to spend in free agency. So they're not going to be that big of a players in free agency Uh, might be in the Mike Evans sweepstakes. I don't know. But the reality is the middle on defense. They get ran on. You know, everybody was talking about Dak's performance against Green Bay, but Jordan Love damn near had a coming out party in the playoffs against that secondary, and Aaron Jones kept running all over him. So I think the defense in the middle. But Stephen let it be known yesterday that uh, Dak's not going anywhere. That's not what their intentions are, and they're going to work on giving him some type of extension. Now, what that extension looks like, uh, I don't think either one of these sides know quite yet. Um, You know, but that's the Stephen Jones factor on Dak. Now, the other part that he addressed was the culture question. And the reason why he's having to ask this is because it's always been a topic over the last 15 to 20 years about Dallas's culture because of Jerry and the ownership and how the team is set up. Uh, But also he's having to ask this because his best defensive player uh, on the team, arguably maybe the best player on the team, Uh, Question and brought up culture On his podcast um, During Super Bowl week You know Um, So he's having to ask those questions Because that's one thing about the Metroplex area And their media They're 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 not Boston and Philly and New York But for the South South got something to say For the South and Texas Dallas media You talk about they like to stir soup Okay, so you knew somebody was weighing in the length. I don't know. Maybe it was a national reporter that asked this question, but he kind of shot it down and said he didn't think that there was a culture problem. He did say that, hey, you know, to his credit, now he's like, look, we've come up short because we won a lot of games here. Uh, You know, he goes, but I understand that in the playoffs, where it's matter, we've come up short. And he goes, we've just got to find the guys that can make the plays when the game's on the line and it counts uh, to get over that hump. But he said, I don't buy into that. I believe that's a culture problem. Of course he's not. That's his father. He's in the will. He's probably going to take over once Jerry, uh, his number's called and he checks out and he leaves us. God forbid that day. You know, which is sad. I think you got some Dallas fans that's praying for that day. That's just horrible. But the truth of the matter is, What else is he going to state? Yes, it's a culture problem. I mean, and it's a culture problem that can only be fixed by Jerry waving the white flag. Which I don't think that's never going to happen until he checks out of here. Because he's already tasted success, quote unquote, his way. I said this about a month ago, I think. And I've told a couple uh, close buddies of mine that are real diehard Dallas fans. I said, you know. The worst thing that happened to Jerry Jones is 1A is making the decision to have margaritas and talk business or talk to a local paper and say anybody can coach the Dallas Cowboys. That's 1A. And 1B is when Barry Switzer won that Super Bowl. It's no different than, you know, you go ask any addicts, an addict, whether they're An alcoholic, whether they're um, drugs, they can always pinpoint the point that got them hooked. They might not admit it, but it's in the back of their mind. I guarantee you most degenerates gamblers out there, they can. you know what's got them. It's that one big win that they got early on and that feeling that you're chasing that high. And Jerry Jones, by Barry Switzer winning that Super Bowl, no one would have saw it at that time. Okay, no one would even thought of that at that time. But if you look back, and I've said thought this for a while, that that is the worst thing to happen to Jerry because it made him believe false. It gave him like a false sense of security to believe, hey, I can. Any coach can come in here and win. When Barry. Was like people think that John Gruden's Super Bowl in Tampa was off Tony Dungy? Well, let me tell you this: if you subscribe to that, and and I've always felt Tony Dungy definitely had his hands in it, but I remember those Tony Dungy teams—they were just challenged offensively. They couldn't get past the Rams, and you were you would not hold. you. They held the Rams. They played some sixteen to ten games before you know against the greatest show on turf at that time before John Gruden showed up. But the reality of it is, the offense was struggling so John and his expertise at the time with a defense that was loaded with about three or four future Hall of Famers came in there and won the the Lombardi within a year or two years Barry switcher. let me tell you something if you subscribe to John Gruden winning that you know Super Bowl off Tony Dungy will magnify that times 20 and that's what Barry did off of Jimmy I've said it before I could have took Jonas as an offensive coordinator Okay, I could have basically found me a defensive coordinator. I could have been the head coach and we would have won a Super Bowl with that team back then in that era. So he has had this insecurity where what's important to Jerry first is getting the guy that's going to play by his rules. So I bring that up because it's redundant. I've had that take a thousand times along with a million other people's. But I bring it up because when you look at Stephen Jones and the way he handled that question and the way he addressed that, it's almost like a wasted question. Because what is he going to say? Yeah, we got a culture. Because if he says yes, who is that on? That's on him and his father. It ain't on Mike McCarthy. No one's going to buy it that it's on Mike McCarthy because it was there when Jason Garrett was there. It was there when Wade Phillips was there. It was there when Dave Campo was there. And the list goes on. But I said this the other day, and I brought the question to Dallas fans. Who should be the priority? Like, Dallas has some, like, Dallas is lucky that you got the Justin Fields situation going on. You got the Russ situation on going on. You got a, a, a what is projected to be a deep quarterback class going on. So, really, they're tough decisions that Stephen Jones and Jerry have to make. They're going to have some tough decisions because i don't believe everybody can make it before everybody made it when you when you fudged the deals with you know zeke and demarcus lawrence and everything because really you were taking advantage of dax rookie deal before you got now that dax and big money and he's doing more big money somebody's gonna be on the outside looking in eight seven seven three seven grind some other news coming from the combine uh caleb williams said he would be excited to play for Chicago or any other team that drafts him. Again, what is he going to say? I do believe him, though, because I think once you go through the process and you get a little bit away from college life, which he's been away now for some months, and you're, everything he's been doing has been preparing for his pro day, the draft, where he's going to go, getting business stuff in line, You understand that, hey, this dream that I've had is almost about to come to reality and you get more focused in and you realize it is a privilege to go where you're going to play in the NFL. Because I do believe that whether it's his dad, whether it's Caleb Williams, if you were going to pull this whole card, well, look, man, if it's Chicago, I mean, we've been knowing Chicago's had the number one pick for months now. So if you were going to pull this whole shenanigans that, hey, I really don't want to play there because, you know, this is an organization that hasn't really developed quarterbacks. I don't want to be the next one. I don't want to ruin my career. You would have started that drum by now. That's something that you're not doing on draft night. You ain't doing that in the green room. Hell, you ain't even doing that, uh, you know, after pro day. You've already started that rumbling going on. Go back to history, tells you. Look at the John Elway situation in 83 82 with the Yankees and the Colts at the time. Go look at Eli Manning at that That stuff started pretty much early on. You heard rumblings and, they, and you just kind of dealed up and anticipated, like, is he really going to stand by this? Yeah, he did. They didn't draft him. Um, so to me, Uh, Caleb Williams saying that is not so much a shocker again it's PR keep telling y'all it's a PR battle right now with everything going on from draftees to free agents to guys getting cut and they've got more platforms now ways to put out their narrative message that they want to more than ever Uh, but um, when you look at and we spent a lot of time on it yesterday but when you look at you know the GM of Chicago, which I think he's done a good job so far, by the way, to be honest with you, uh, considering the circumstances, he is dealing with one of the cheapest organizations in the NFL. Uh, rich tradition, but cheap. Um, he's got, I mean, look, there's not too many. I mean, you've got some real GMs. I mean, it's easy to say, like, oh, I love to be in issues, would you? Because this is so and, – and, and, again, I can't remember – Probably a GM being under this type of, like having this many eyeballs, eyeballs on him, with what they're gonna do in the draft. That arguably, because there's so much attention to it, it's gonna fair or not. It's gonna make or break his career for one year in Chicago, and you know Chicago, um, you know it's not as media driven as a New York, Boston, or Philly, uh, but they they can let it be known when they're disgusted. And it's one of those situations to where, and I've been saying this, and the closer we get to this, I just feel like he's in a no-win situation from a public, from a PR standpoint, okay, um, because and, – and really from critics, because – either way this decision is going to get scrutinized if they take Caleb Williams they're going to you're going to have a good chunk of people that are going to say no matter how good Caleb Williams the prospects or whatever like that now don't ask Merrill Hodge what he thinks about Caleb Williams cuz Merrill Hodge and dice his ass up now people killing Merrill Hodge but if you go do cuz remember I go back with the whole clicker him and jaws that's old school you know he's not really. I don't know what Merrill's doing now but if you go back before you kill Merrill Merrill's had some good calls over the years People look at him like he's crazy. He was one of the guys that was told you from day one. I remember that Johnny Menzel, This stuff is not happening. End up being right. He's called. He he's called some guys that were bust. now he he told, He just said it. Hey, I'm not seeing it. Caleb Williams. I don't. This is not a generation. I'm not seeing. It. He kind of diced them up. That has went viral over here the last few days. And then he made his way. I think even the. Um, I think he even made his way to Drake May a little bit. You know. But my point is, is that this general manager he is like this brother it's tough because this is not i cannot remember a decision like this that in and since the draft easy in the last 20 that it's that many eyeballs on what you're going to do and you're going to get scrutinized either way and it has to do with that position okay because it has to do with that position um so it you know but Caleb Williams has will let it be known that, yeah, I like to go to Chicago. So we've closed that chapter. So any type of, you know, wondering, hey man, you know, uh Brian Poles' is name, right, GM? Uh, Ryan Ryan Poles, Poles I'm yeah. sorry. Ryan. Um, Ryan is in a situation where, you know, that right there takes off the, so when you hear that from Caleb, that takes that risk. You're like, are we gonna does this guy really want to be here? He's let you know whether it's genuine or what and I think it's genuine. Um, he wants to be, so that takes care of that. Uh, what I believe Ryan is doing, I believe Ryan is waiting ultimately. Now, he says he doesn't want to leave. Justin feels in the gray area he said no, I wouldn't want to be in that situation so I don't want to you know I want to do right by Justin if we're going to go down that street but at the same time I don't want to leave him as gray area he says that but I'm telling you his actions and what he's doing is going to contradict that because he's in a situation where what I believe he's doing he's holding out to the last minute to see if somebody gonna get butt ass naked for this number one overall pick and if he does that then that's just gonna make his decision even easier still be tough but he's waiting for somebody to blow him away. But I just don't. I I believe that, like I said it, and I'm gonna stick with this uh, because I am in draft mode. I am in basically what's gonna happen in free agency, what the decision. This is a time. I mean, a lot of people don't really cover NFL around the clock. I like it. I do it because it's interesting, um, and and it's and it's fascinating because it's so hard to win in the NFL. It's hard. You know, um, so and it's getting harder and harder by the by the years, you know, with the way the league is structured. Uh, But he's waiting for somebody to blow him away. And I said it yesterday and I'll say it again. I do believe that. You if you're going to go for that number one pick, it is just too expensive if you're outside the five and six spot. It really is. It's just too expensive. Okay, and um so, I, I'll stick by it. I think if he's waiting until somebody blows his socks off, at anything, I can see him maybe doing the deal. If they know that they don't want to go, what I put out this, remember that scenario. If you didn't listen to the show yesterday, don't forget about online.com, the podcast. But I put this out there yesterday. Can you imagine if they don't trade Justin Fields, but they don't go quarterback at number one either? So, my thing is like, if they're not going to go quarterback, I think they would keep Justin Fields. And at that time, maybe you look at the commanders and you do just a switcheroo with them one spot up. And maybe that's a scenario that I've thought about as well, too. When we get back, we've got more coverage. We've got uh, cuts. OK, and also I want to talk about George Payton, who met with the media yesterday, along more elaborating what Sean was talking about. When we get back, you listen to the sports crowd. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here for the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this. It's time to consider more of this Sometimes a little shift is all you need A dose of perspective Dos X Lager Get a dose Enjoy Dos X responsibly Copyright 2021 Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas White Plains, New York